This episode of the Tokunet podcast is brought to you by CSToysJapan.com, Tokulectibles.com, and our fantastic ultra sponsor, Rugen Urobuchi. If you would like us to read out your name in the beginning of the podcast, feel free to pledge to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet. There's great rewards such as early access to videos, podcasts, early editors, posts, and so much more. Hi everyone, and welcome to the 40th episode of the Tokunet Podcast. Hooray! Wow. Uchukita and all that. <laughs> I, Nicole Amber, am joined by a special co-host who usually is hosting this. Yes! Hey, hello! <laughs> we have a special podcast today as we are going to be introducing some of our newer staff members. So, if you guys would like to start, why don't you introduce yourself? Why don't you, we start with Josh? Okay, yes, I'm uh, I'm Josh. I'm a new member of Tokunet. I am a staff writer. I have been an official staff writer for about a month now. I've been writing for the site for, I guess, the last six months or so, because that's about how long it takes. Uh, nice to meet everybody. Hello. Katie. Hi, everybody. My name is Katie. I've been uh, writing for the Tokunet since about January, starting off with cosplayer features and uh, about a month and a half ago, I was brought on full-time as a staff member, and I've just been writing whatever comes along, and I really enjoy it. Welcome, welcome. How about you, Mal? Uh, I draw stuff. Sometimes I write stuff. Sometimes I report stuff about toys. <laughs> That's about right, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, Gladys. Hi, I'm Gladys Argo by Sungi. I'm the staff writer and the graphic designer of Tokunet. I've been doing it since January. And basically, I I create some graphic stuff and I like to draw fan arts of Tokusatsu. We love fan art, let me tell you. So I very much appreciate that. Well, welcome, guys. Welcome to the podcast. You know, this is your introduction to our community in a way. Are you guys excited? Yes, oh, very yeah. excited. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like all the enthusiasm at once. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm just meh. <laughs> yes, it's just meh. Well, he's a veteran. He doesn't need to be as excited as everybody is. <laughs> he's the old grandpa in the corner. Oh, oh, oh that's oh, really oh, accurate. <laughs> already? Wow, look at burn. Jeez. See, they've learned really well in the, you uh, know, just a short amount of time. Can't have one podcast without at least a Yaz insult. So, oh God. They're already <laughs> at a good start. <laughs> yep. Okay. So why don't we just jump into it? You all are fans of Tokusatsu, or you wouldn't be here to begin with. So, Josh, why don't you tell us how you got into Tokusatsu? Okay, well, uh, th- this story normally, uh, most people assume based off, you know, my age, oh, you, so you were there when Power Rangers started, which is true. Uh, but actually, my uh, love of Tokusatsu kind of started, amazingly, a year before Power Rangers ever debuted. I, I, it's, it's a story I like telling 
where uh, my grandmother was watching my brother and I one night, and she was just flipping channels, waiting for my parents to get home from work. And as she was flipping through them, uh, she came across, just for a minute or so, the public access channel. And she stayed there for a second, and she's like, okay, watch this, I'm going to go get something from the kitchen, I'll be right back. And as I'm looking at the television, I see something I can't describe, I've never seen it before. I see three what look like robots, but there's fire and there's explosions and one of them's carrying a baby. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I have no clue what it is. And that image burned its way into my memory and I couldn't figure out what it was for the life of me. And then a year later, Power Rangers debuts and I'm like, hey, this is kind of like that thing I saw a year ago. This is kind of that same feel. And then, you know, instantly I was hooked. And then down the line, you know, eventually, you know, getting into college, I figure out, oh, okay, this stuff... Uh, came from Japan, and there's source material, and then I got into that around 2006. Uh, I started out with Kamen Rider the First and Kamen Rider Kabuto, and then just dove in head first, and then eventually I found out that the series that I was watching was Windspector. I was wa- somebody had gotten oh. the opening to Windspector and was playing it there on public access, and that's what that's what burned its way into my memory. So like. It, it was weird that that thing that I didn't know I was looking at, that thing I would eventually fall in love with so many years later. Wow. Oh my that's God. really cool. Wow. Really, really unique. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing, especially the metal heroes, they didn't really come over here. So that's really unique that it was on public access when you were a kid. The only thing I can figure is somebody must have gotten a hold of like a video cassette and was just like, hey, this is stuff I think is cool from Japan. Here, check it out. And I don't know. <laughs> they probably figured nobody knew what it was. It's like, this is kind of like Star Wars, but not really. But, I mean, how else are you going to sell that at the time when you don't have Power Rangers as a frame of reference? Right. But I'm, I'm glad that they did it. And now I watch Wind Spectre because, thankfully, we're in an age where uh, through certain means uh, that I won't actually say what they are now, you can watch Wind Spectre. But it's an amazing show. It's so over the top. It's insane. It's yeah. insane, yeah. I, I thought you were going to say you watched Dynaman. That would have been a very different story. No, no. I, I saw some like, eventually, but no, the, the thing that stuck out most in my mind was, was uh, Wind Spectre. That, that, that footage of them carrying a baby through flames. That's what made its brand on my, on my memory. That's an awesome wow. memory. Yeah, seriously. Well, Katie, how did you get into Tokusatsu? So I'm a little bit of, I guess I consider myself a newer Tokusatsu fan. Uh, I'm kind of like in the same vein as Josh. I didn't watch Power Rangers as a kid, but it's the opposite because I was I was a little late to the party. Uh, I was born in 95, so at that point, the, the Power Rangers train had kind of already taken off. So if you weren't a fan, then you know you were a little too young for it. But then I met this interesting character by the name of Dustin, who other people might know as, you know, Decade or The Next Decade. And he uh, turned me on to it. Um, he uh, asked me, uh, you know, I like anime, and, you know, he and I both like anime. And he asked me about this show that he liked called Common Rider, and he asked if I heard about it. And I had seen bits and pieces of it online or heard through a couple of friends, but I'd never really gotten into it. Well, Common Rider Gaim was airing at the time. So he uh, told me to watch a few episodes of it um, and see what I thought about it. And at first, I wasn't sure what I was expecting, but I was really taken aback at the fact that it was live action. Having watched anime for so many years, you know, it was so interesting to see, you know, the same thing, but essentially in live action form. And I just fell in love with it. It was just the way everything was handled, the way the craziness of it, you know, just the... Almost the absurdity of it was, you know, 
it drew me in and I was like, I need to know more. I need to find more. And so we went, we watched double, we watched, he showed me just, it was like Aladdin where he's like, I could show you the world. And it was just all tokusatsu. (laughs) You know, we started getting into Sentai and all of that stuff. And for the past, I'd say four and a half years of my life, it's just been a giant tokusatsu train and I could not be happier. That's awesome. I, I kind of have a same similar story, at least with getting into it because of somebody else and how it's kind of like anime, but live action, because I've been a long time anime fan too. So that's really cool. I think a lot of people could say that, you know, these shows are kind of wacky like anime is. So that's what makes it appealing in a way. But Mal, how did you get into Toku? So... In the Transformers fandom, there's this YouTuber called Vangelis. He reviews a lot of toys. And at some oh, yeah, point... Yeah. yeah. Uh, in 2009, he started reviewing an occasional common Rider. And I thought, oh, what's this? This looks kind of cool. And I asked him, you know, who's this black and gold uh, character? And he said it was Zabi from Kamen Rider Kabuto. And at some point, I decided to just ask him, is that a good show to check out? And he said, it's a good first entry. About that time, Decade was going on, I think. And uh, over the next two or three years, I basically just marathoned every show. Oh my god, that's <laughs> by amazing. The time, by the time Gaim debuted, I had seen all the Heisei writers. Wow. <laughs> that's oh dedication. God. That is that like that sweet spot of the first like year or two that you discovered Tokusatsu. Mm-hmm. You just binge watch everything. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I remember doing that as well, where it's like, I just... I had whatever I could find. I'd watch Sentai, Kamen Rider, everything. It was crazy. Yeah, I don't know if it was a good idea or not, but at one point I decided to start marathoning two shows at once, uh, Fies and Hibiki. And uh, Hibiki was actually a very good choice because it actually, uh, Fies made me sad and Hibiki made me glad. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good balance. I get, I get real specific when it comes to Hibiki. The first 33 episodes make me very happy. And then the series stopped after that point, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God. That's, oh, man. I think a lot of people do that when they first get into Toku. Of course, if they have the time, they'll, they'll try to consume as much as possible. I tried to do that as well. When I got into Toku, I was in college, so I didn't have same, as much time same. as I'd really like. But... I tried to watch as many things as I could, too. So that's really cool. And last but not least, Gladys, would you like to tell us how you got into tokusatsu? Well, it's no surprise that I'm, I'm born and raised in Hong Kong. So, so as a kid on every Sunday morning, they, they actually show Super Sentai shows. Like maybe like Sunday morning at 9 a.m. No, mm. actually 9.30 a.m. And so I was, I was a kid, I was curious, I just turned on the television, and then there you go, I just see Super Sentai like Magic Ranger, Geki Ranger, I just saw it, I got intrigued, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is so cool! And so ever since then, every Sunday, I, I, I wake up early, sneak to the living room, turn on the television, and make sure the volume isn't too loud. <laughs> and I try to watch as much as possible. Because because afterwards when my mom wakes up, she would just take take she would just like take the remote away from me and turn the TV off. It's like no TV for you. Oh <laughs> Yeah, so that's how I started to get a little bit interested. Then once I got to college I got I got a roommate who's really big Tokusatsu fan. He was like, Gladys, have you watched this yet? I think I got some memory of that. Let's watch Cup 
let's watch some Kamen Rider marathon it. <laughs> so, so we actually like watched this whole thing on TV, like my roommate and also my boyfriend watching it. And also fun story is that in one of the convention, I got to meet Nicole, like you. Yay! Like, and I actually got to talk with you and we also talk a little bit more about Tokusatsu stuff. So that actually got me more interested in it and I start to look up, start to watch more stuff. And I got very interested in it now. Oh my god, really? Wow. Yeah. Because I remember that. That was Snowfest, right? Yeah, we're talking... And you're, I think you cosplay... That's it. Do you cosplay as Yoko that time? Yes, I was cosplaying Yoko Minato. Yeah, I remember talking with you and that's how we met. Oh my god. You're making me blush, girl. <laughs> Keep oh. blushing, Dad. <laughs> so, uh, question. The, the center that they showed in Hong Kong, was it like subtitled or is it like dubbed or it's dubbed in cantonese so it actually sounds very i hate to say this but it sounds very cheesy Mm. and (laughs) i know in hong kong i think on hong kong like saturday afternoon they sometimes show like common rider yeah so it's it's also very nice but the only common rider show that i really watched during that time is deno oh that's not a bad one that's exciting that's a good one to watch i know that's really cool that you had the experience of watching these shows while you were a kid as well in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Even though it's in dub. <laughs> it's all Doesn't in matter. Cantonese dub. <laughs> That's okay. It makes it kind of unique in a way. You know, you're still watching the shows, but, you know, different voices are always fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the next question for everybody Tell us about how you got into your role at Tokunet. And what I mean by that is for the writers in the room, tell us how you got into writing. For the designers in the room, tell us how you got into designing. Just tell us about how you uh, became the awesome writers and designers that you all are. So Josh, why don't you tell us? Uh, Well, as far as writing goes, uh, really it goes back to a deep-seated need to tell people stuff that I know. Uh, whether or not that's uh, brief or not, that's something I'm having to work on. Uh, but ever since I was a kid, uh, I would read all of these different sci-fi magazines and movie magazines because, you know, back before the Internet was the thing that it is today, that's the only way we found out about, oh, this is how this movie is coming about. This is how uh, – this is who's getting casted and whatnot. And I would always be the person – growing up in school to tell people, hey, did you hear who got cast in Spider-Man? It's that guy from Pleasantville, you know, things like that. (laughs) Uh, So the writing just kind of comes over from that. I I don't think I'm an amazing writer uh, per se, but I will do my best to get across to people uh, as much information as succinctly as possible uh, about something that I think is really cool. And just that, that desire to want to share cool information is really what drives me to do my best at being a writer. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, I think you're a cool writer, so don't doubt yourself. Hey. <laughs> that's nice. Oh. Uh, Katie, why don't you tell us? Okay, so this this just kind of outs me as, you know, my past of being an embarrassing fangirl. Um, and Nicole might actually remember where I'm going with this. She might not. But um, oh, yeah. I, used to, <laughs> I used to write fan fiction back in the day uh, when I was a real a baby nerd in like middle school and everything. And I, I guess I always liked writing, you know, I have memories of, you know, writing things, you know, and showing my parents in elementary school and they would say, Oh wow, that's actually really great. Um, and I did write for, uh, 
my school newspaper, like in middle school and everything. But I, I actually, when when Nicole was, uh, contacted me when I showed interest in joining, you know, she's like, oh, send you know a piece of your you know writing work so I can get an idea of what your writing style is. And I awkwardly said a three-year-old fan fiction and was like, I'm really sorry. This is the most recent thing I have, and it's it's totally bad, and I'm sorry. And, you know, I was like, God, this is so embarrassing. But she said, no, your writing style is really, really great. And it was just this huge wave of relief. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm not weird. <laughs> oh, my God. See, I remember that. I thought your writing style was great, and I understand. Like, I used to write fan fiction, too, and I can't even imagine how bad it was when I wrote it. So yours was very good. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Um, and Mal, you're kind of our avid blogger over here. How did you get into all that? Uh, there's an origin story that uh, involves referencing other blogs in a negative way, so I'm not going to do that. But, oh. <laughs> but uh, I think what it comes down to is that I like keeping up with tokusatsu. Um in a very nerdy way. Like, I keep up with magazine reveals, uh, toy reviews, and I also have this obsession with making lists. So that all kind of resulted in you guys noticing me, and now I'm here. Yay! And we're definitely glad to have you here. I do, uh, I do remember a lot of the blogs that you've done on Tumblr, even before we brought you on, so you are certainly a very welcomed inclusion to our little Tokunet family. Well, maybe not so little anymore. <laughs> There's a lot of people here. <laughs> yeah, we really do, guys. It's it's a treat oh, to have everybody awesome. here. Yeah, it's crazy because it, it started is... with like what seven people. Now it's mm-hmm. now it's twenty. Was it thirty? Are we almost thirty? Almost, I think. Almost, yeah. Oh it's, wow. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to keep up because we also have the Japanese team as well. If you want to see our Japanese site, it's tokusatsunetwork.jp. Just a little plug, just in case. <laughs> All right, Gladys. So how did you get into designing? And you do writing for us, too. So if you can talk about how you got into both, that would be great. Well, I can just say more on the art side because I am actually, I am actually a graduate of an illustration major. And I have a little bit of experience of animation. So all this time, I really enjoy drawing and probably come up with some ideas and I think later on like I saw I saw Nicole you like posting like saying there's a job there's an opening for graphic design I'm like hmm why not let me just try let me just help out plus I like the fandom too so I don't see why not so I give it a try so I give my my website which I I'm still not sure about my own website it's kind of like uh, I'm not sure about my design base. I was so nervous that time in giving it out. So. Oh no, I liked your website. Coming from a web developer, I actually really liked it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, and as for writing, I guess the school in Hong Kong kind of like forced me into doing a lot of like essay writing. So that actually, <laughs> that actually helps me a little bit. Yeah, trust me, Hong Kong education is harsh. Yeah, that that does sound kind of harsh. Now, as like a kid, were you always into like doing art or was there any like moment in time that you decided, oh, I want to get into graphic design in particular? Uh, Yes, I do. Like I actually I actually start drawing like since I was three years old. Oh, my God. I bet you yeah. were really good at drawing then, too. <laughs> uh, 
except it's more on fine arts side and I tried to get into like the arts program in my school but sadly they're sadly they don't have any opening for art they don't even have arts program oh my god so I wasn't able to take art until I got to college so there I there I was able to learn different stuff like learn how to do some simple 2d animation video editing how to do character design logo design and even like some even doing editorial illustration so that's kind of got me into it because it's really fun i got to like use my creativity to do something like kind of reach the goal so yeah it actually makes me happy being able to create something it kind of stinks that your school didn't have an art program for you to start with but i'm glad that you were able to go to college and get you know get the education you wanted there and your art is amazing so i'm sure you were like top of the class there oh thank you you're too kind Uh, (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, nicole yes uh in case people are you know listening to this podcast for the first time do you want to go over your journey into becoming editor-in-chief real quick or Oh my god, yeah. I Oh god. Where do I even... Put you on the spot. I know, this puts me on the spot. But it's kind, it's kind of a long story. Um, so some, some of you guys may know, I started at Tokunet in... Was it December 2016? Was it 2016? I was brought on with a couple other group of people to be the social media manager for Tokunet. And occasionally I formed into writing other types of articles. I first started with actor news, like you do, Katie. And then I kind of just jumped on whatever opportunities I could while I was here. Because this is the Tokusatsu network. This place I've always idolized and always thought this was like the pinnacle of Tokusatsu news and content. Like, the way Paula and all of you, including you, Yaz, the way everybody ran this was amazing. So I was just so thankful to even be a part of it. So I just contributed in any way I could. And then, God, it had to have been December of 2017. Me and Paula started talking because she wanted to retire. You know, she was the previous editor-in-chief and now founder of Tokenet. She wanted to retire and she asked me to step up as the new editor-in-chief and inherit this amazing team, which I was like, I don't know if I could do this. You all are so amazing, but I was very happy to, and I'm very, very happy to be the new editor-in-chief and bring on some of these lovely team members we have with us and just have such an awesome, awesome group of people to work with. So that's how I became editor-in-chief. Yay! <laughs> yeah, you've been doing an amazing job as editor in chief, by the way. Oh my god, get out of here! You're too <laughs> nice. It's true. Like it's 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 you know being here for like a year and you know all of a sudden being you know given this title. Like for one, I mean, it shows that you had a lot of you know potential and you were also had a lot of drive as your while you were you know social media and writer. But then the fact that you could just jump in and just like yeah i'm I'm, I'm running this thing so i have paula to thank for that she's the one that she established that foundation with all of you guys there's no way i could have done what she did 
for Tokudet. So I really, she is, she's the one all to credit. So I appreciate everything she has done and what you guys have done too as co-founders. So, okay, before I get all sappy and emotional, let's continue. Because <laughs> <laughs> Yaz is making me sappy and emotional. Um, so a nice fun question that may get you guys thinking. Who is your favorite character from Tokusatsu? Like of all time. I know it's hard to pick. We all have multiple favorites. Oh but my god. If you can pick one, tell us why they're your favorite. So Josh, if you're ready. Um well, as far as my uh, my favorite character would have to be uh and a lot of people don't agree with me on this, but I have my reasons, uh would be Tsukasa Decade uh because mm. For all the stuff that people give him, whether you've watched the series or whether you're just familiar with the meme, I like his character because he's more or less, to me, a a jack-of-all-trades. He tries to fit into the situation that he's been given as best as he can, and even if he ends up getting blamed for something he may not have actually done, he does his best to go ahead and clean that up, and... I that resonates with me quite a bit. So in that sense, uh, I view him as probably one of my favorite characters. That may be an unpopular opinion for a decent amount of people, but I think that's a good reason. He he is a good character when you look past the surface of you know the show and everything. So I totally agree with you. Like as a character, I admit he could use some more development. As an overall show, it was a necessary evil so that we could get stuff like Gokaiger. <laughs> true, <laughs> true. <laughs> Katie, do you have a favorite character? Well, it's actually funny that Josh mentions that it's an unpopular opinion to like Sukasa, but I, I happen to consider Sukasa probably my number one as well. Um, and oh, wow. <laughs> and to, well, to preface it is that right after, or probably during while I was watching Gaim, uh, Dustin had me start on Decade. Uh, because it was kind of a good catch-up to, you know, to kind of just at, very, at the very least get like a cliff notes of, you know, pre-decade shows. And just to break away from, you know, the reasons that Josh gave, uh, Sukasa for me, I think, really came into his own after his series. After when he was showing up in movies, like... The, yeah, I agree with that. The best example I can think of is the Showa versus Heisei movie where he yes. shows up and he's just, you know, he's just kind of like the mentor that just kind of watches over everything and is like, oh, well, I mean, you know, this is how it is. You're all these people, you know, you can go find them, but you're not going to be happy. And just the way he acts in his show, I think, is entirely different to how he acts, you know, afterwards, you know, in the in the movies. So I think just the way that he's kind of grown as a character since then And, you know, the way that every time he comes back, he's still the same, you know, snarky, you know, kind of I'm still better than you kind of attitude just really kind of resonates with me. And I I always like when he comes back, he makes me happy. Yeah, that that movie has my favorite line that he's ever spoken, which was uh, when he was talking about the others. He says, you can all find them, but uh, they're all a bunch of unlikable jerks, unlike me. Confession, that was actually my, uh, on Facebook, that was my, my banner for a very long time. <laughs> that exact quote. Oh my god. Him eating that yeah, giant that's... parfait of himself was just yes. too much. <laughs> no, my that's favorite one is so just slightly awesome. after that when uh, 
I think it's the first time he transforms there in that movie where he's like, oh, it's not like anybody's ever tried to kill me before. <laughs> oh my god. I forgot he's full of so many one-liners like that. His, his entire battle with Captain Marvelous is just, oh my god, you kids, just stop fighting each other. <laughs> Go to timeout. I do love that. Yeah, I like that movie too, just because of the dynamic between them. And Sukasa is just hilarious in his own way. Oh, okay. So, Mal, you can't say Sukasa. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or you can, and you can prove Josh wrong saying that it's an unpopular opinion. Yes. <laughs> I, am, I am happy to be wrong. I am more than happy to be wrong. <laughs> well, uh, as much as I'd like to do that, um, I was thinking about this, and uh, the answer I'm going to give might, might be a little bit uh, influenced by the fact that it's the most recent show, but build, maybe? Oh. Just because he lives up to the hype. Like, he was billed as, like, a build. Um, <laughs> they, they treated him as, like, the smartest lead writer, and it shows, like, he just invented everything that he uses, and, like, he's always doing something clever. He plans ahead. Like, he plans two episodes ahead. That's yeah, true. that is true, yeah. It's consistent to me. Without getting too spoilery, was there, like, a particular episode of Build where you kind of realized, wow, actually, he's awesome? Or any kind of moment in Build that you realized he would be your favorite? Oh, um, one moment, I'm just gonna say, uh, people who watch the show get this, uh, it's when he asks the Prime Minister for a dollar. Oh. Ah, I get you, I get you. (laughs) Yeah. That is a good episode. That's a good moment, too, where you realize, like, how smart Sento is and how far ahead he thinks. So that's a, that's a really good choice. I'll also say that the show does a nice job of kind of playing with uh, Banjo or Ryuga. Because it's like, you got the smart guy, you got the guy who thinks with his heart. And they, they do have a nice dynamic. They do. They do. I really like that, too. But okay. I do also like that he actually does most of his decisions with his heart as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seto is like, I think it was like in the first few episodes where he tells Banjo that, you know, I do this just because it puts a smile on my face. Yeah. And then he says, well, you can't see the smile in the mask, but I am smiling. <laughs> so, yeah. I love that. I suppose there's a better way to put how they differ, but like one of my favorite episodes with them is when Ryuga, it's an early episode, so I think it's okay to talk about it. Um, when Ryuga wants to sneak into Faust and then Sento's like, yeah, what are you going to do when they catch you? You got to think ahead. And then Ryuga Ryuga goes off anyway and then Sento shows up because he knew this would happen. (laughs) Yep, I remember that episode. That was a really good episode. It does show the dynamic between them. They're kind of like their own yin and yang, you know? Yeah, it it also shows once again that they were consistent about what they said the show is going to be about. They said at the start, this show is going to be about these two. That's true. That's true. They really did do that. I, I think the way they put it is it's going to be about the feelings of these two men, which can be taken out of context. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we, we won't get into that. <laughs> Moving on. All right, Gladys. So who is Different your favorite- podcast. I know, right? Who is your favorite character and why? Oh my god, this is so tough. Why are you doing this? (laughs) (laughs) I know, picking one is hard. (sighs) Okay, if I had to choose, 
I can say it's from a series I have mentioned earlier. So, okay, you know, you know, I just make this fun. Okay, let, let's guess. Wole <clears throat> Sanjo. Kabuto. Yeah. I I had to because that is that is the common writer that I remember the most, and he he's the character that drew me into the show the most actually, mm-hmm. and even to the storyline. Because I I think I really like his design and his personality a lot. And and the whole interaction with Rotaros and other Imagine, and he yeah sure he sure he can be very selfish. He do want attention, but hey, he's still he's still a good peach boy. Okay. <laughs> I think his popularity and also his personality. He kind of reminds me of Goku in a weird way. Like he's Ooh. when you think about it, he should be unlikable, but something about him is very likable. <laughs> well, at least he doesn't have Goku's high pitch voice. Oh my god. That's true. <laughs> when he gets mad, he does get pretty high pitched. Or when he's yes. or the one time he had to apologize. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Commander <laughs> Sai! Oh my god. That was a really good impression. <laughs> oh my god. Your head is too high. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on the decade hype train. I mean Deno hype train. <laughs> <laughs> Deno <laughs> Oh I mean they had a movie together, so I'm not I'm, I'm hey, halfway there. Yeah. Okay. That's and they both are relaxed to D, so yeah. <laughs> moving on. Oh my moving. god. <laughs> Momo is such a good imagine. He's definitely the one that got me hooked at first. Like getting hooked into Deno was definitely because of Momo. And then all the other imagines just like carried me on this time tripping ride. What I what I liked about it at the time, because I had only been watching Tokusatsu for about a year when that aired, and for me it was really refreshing because it was like watching Kabuto. It's like you've got the lead character there of Tendo, and he's so smug, and he literally has like the world revolving around him, and I had never seen that really done before, because watching Power Rangers, you used to everybody, you know, working as a team, and, you know, everybody's uh, in harmony, and you've got this one guy like, no, it's all about me. And then you go into Den-O, and Ryotaru is like completely against type for a hero, like, no, he's weak, he's scared, he's not this, so you have to have that dynamic of Momotaro's coming in and being like, no, I'm your backbone now. And it, it, it works it's so well. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good yeah. point. I didn't think about that. Like, coming off of Kabuto, Deno would be such an interesting switch, you know, between Tendo and Ryotaro. So, huh. Because when I was, wa- I was showing people that in college, like, I, I would just bring my laptop to school to watch, you know, what I was watching at the time. And a lot of the people there would just kind of be peeking over people's shoulders and people would be like, you know, the typical question, are you watching Power Rangers? And I'm like, not exactly. Like, it's, it's a little different. And then, you know, I'd let them watch and they'd be like, so he's the hero, right? Yeah. But he sucks. I know, right? <laughs> and that, would, that was actually the hook. That's what made people sit down and be like, so how does that work? And then that's how you get interested. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I remember because uh, I also started with Kabuto. And yeah, you watch Kabuto and you're just like, this is the most arrogant douchebag ever. But but he's I love really it cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then for me, I watched like I think I watched Fies next, and I watched some of Blade. I think, and those are both kind of you know rather capable heroes. And then Deno starts, and I think the first time you see in the tra- in the, like in the promos, you see a lot of. Momotaro's in the scene? Yeah, like I, I remember him. seeing the trailer at the end when I finished Kabuto, and it was just yeah. like, it was Deno in costume with that voice, and I didn't know what to expect. 
Right. Right. So then you watch the first episode and you're following Ryotaro, who's very timid and very shy and doesn't want to bother anybody. Like, he gets bullied to the point where they take his wallet and it's like, can you please at least send me back the wallet? I don't need the money. Just give me the wallet back. So, <laughs> yeah, going that whiplash of going from Kabuto and Deno was insane. That's why I love Kamen Rider and Toku in general, because each season can be so different exactly. from each other. It's also, really fun. I also noticed everybody's answers was Kamen Riders. And I guess that's <laughs> because it's easier to single out a specific character with Kamen Rider, whereas in Sentai, it's usually an ensemble cast. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to pick out an individual character that latches onto you. Oh, that's a good point. Because at least with Sentai, because of the team dynamic... Like, mm-hmm. I think everybody here could say, like, what their favorite Sentai team is. Yeah, I yeah. could say that. But it might be a little bit harder to pick an individual. I know, like, to to me, it's like I have, like, five or six different characters I love from Sentai. But I can downright say that Shotaro from Double is my favorite. So that's right. a really good point. Yes. <laughs> you guys know how much I love Shotaro. I don't need to get oh, into we, it. Uh, I was there. I remember. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I know. You, no, you and yes. <laughs> I would like to meet yeah. one person that didn't freak out when they saw Ren Kiriyama for the first time. There is I not a single person. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can't imagine. I think everybody lost their mind. I'm just so sad. I wish I could meet him. Oh, I hope he comes back at some point. Oh, he God. was so yes, nice. Oh, we'll have to see. Yeah. I am willing to cosplay Philip just to make him, okay? <gasps> he would be very excited about that. He was definitely excited to meet There was a lot people. of Phillips there. Yes. There were. <laughs> yep, lots of Phillips and Shotaros. And a lot of, like, lady Shotaros, too. That made me happy to see. Yeah. Did, and, yeah. Okay, I could be a bumbling <laughs> idiot and talk about him for <laughs> generations. <laughs> Don't let me. Let me tell you, I will. Okay, so... Speaking of more tokusatsu, I know some of us have already talked about this, but what is everyone's favorite moment from tokusatsu? Like, was there a moment in a show that you were like, wow, this is amazing, this is why tokusatsu is amazing, or just like a, you know, a time in one of the stories that just really got you emotional? So, Josh? Uh, it, it there's, there's several of them, but if I can kind of narrow it down, it was actually the moment when I first found out about specifically what Common Writer was, um, the way I got into it was pretty simple. I was, you know, I was looking through clips on YouTube of Power Rangers stuff, and then, you know, as sometimes happens, some Common Writer stuff got filtered in there. And I remember specifically, it, it's not uploaded anymore, but there was a video just titled Common Writer Henshin All. And I was like, <laughs> okay, so this is what this thing is. And I watched it, and it went through, uh, at the time, it went through... Uh, Common Rider 1 all the way up to the writers in Blade and I was just entranced by it like oh my god like like understanding the concept of it because I had seen Saban's Master Rider but you know you, once you realize where it's from it's like oh okay so this is just one guy and there's a whole there's a legacy of it and then it's like oh man these, these guys are like they've got their own motorcycles but they've also got phones and they've got playing cards and they've got all this other stuff and eventually what that all accumulated in was specifically um, the first time I got to watch Decade All Writers versus Die Shocker and the moment when the uh, you know, the Dimension Shimmer shows up and all the writers take the field. And 
at that point, like, I, I had been in it for about three years into the fandom, and so I had, you know, consumed all of this stuff, so I knew who these guys were, and then watching them show up, it was like, oh my god, like, I very quickly understood that this is a miracle happening here. You've never had all the suits on screen at the same time, and it was just there for the first time, and it was amazing. Like, it, it almost brought a tear to my eye. That's so, you're so right about that movie in particular, because that, yeah. that was one of the movies I watched when I was first getting into tokusatsu, mm-hmm. and holy crap, seeing everybody together. You know, at the time, I didn't watch too much Kamen Rider, so I didn't understand everything, but I knew there was such like a significance with having all those riders together and looking so cool, fighting. It was just pure awesome. Absolutely. Katie? Okay, so... I think a lot of people would say that like their most emotional moment watching Kamen Rider would probably be the end of Double, but as far as oh. as far as like a moment that just sticks out to me is one that is, you know, I, I look at it and I go, this is Kamen Rider. This is what being Kamen Rider is about. Is in the Mega Max movie, which is hands down for me the best uh, crossover movie. Uh, yeah, oh totally. The scene where you get uh, Shotaro and Philip. Gentoro and Eiji all meeting up together for the first time. Yes, and I love that scene. Not only is that scene special because it's the last time we got to see Philip is in that movie, but it's just seeing all of these characters that we've come to know and come to love getting to interact with each other, and you know, even just the silly banter between Gentoro and Shotaro as they kind of have their one-upping session. It's just it's it warms my heart every time I see it, and it's one of my favorite clips to go back and watch when I. You know, I feel down, and I just want to—I want to laugh for a minute. So that's probably my go-to favorite Tokusatsu moment. Oh man, I totally agree. That's one of my favorite moments too. Just Shotaro is being such a cutie. I'm just like, <laughs> I can't help they, but fangirl. Why are they meeting in a dark garage though? <laughs> Listen, that's to, where all common writers meet. That's what—that was what yeah. was available for shooting that day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is very true. That's yeah. the true story. <laughs> All right, Mal, is there a particular moment in Tokusatsu that's your favorite? Uh, well, I got two answers. One for the first moment that I got into it, and the other is just a general favorite moment. First one was episode two of Kabuto, the first fight with uh, the writer form. Just as soon as that battle was over, I decided, yeah, I'm going to marathon this show. Oh, that's a good decision. I agree. That second episode was so good. I think that I was uh, telling you that when you were first watching Kabuto not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, because I remember the first episode, I was like, what the hell is going on? And then <laughs> the second episode happens, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. The first episode's so great because if you don't know any better, you, you're you thinking, oh, this guy Kagami, he's totally the hero type. It's not going to yeah. be this... this this pompous guy next to him and then totally throws you off like oh no wait it is the pompous guy <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah it's it's kind of like build i i was also saying that before it's kind of weird how build starts off with this character who doesn't really have a, an origin story but they focus on ryuga and the same kind of goes with kabuto like you don't get much of an origin story for a kabuto but kagami you get more uh depth mm, yeah it's like he's the secret protagonist. Mm, that's a good mm. point. Right, so when eventually when you get to the episode with Gatake, it means something, because it's like, no, yeah. you earned this since episode one. Yeah. Nice All build right, up. so what's your second moment? 
Uh, this kind of shows how much of a nerd I am for Gaim, because I didn't even have to look this up. It was episode 18, the big beat writer group dance. Ooh, that Just is a good episode. Just because Gaim has this great setting. I wish they did more with the dance stuff, because... It was just such a fun idea, and this was when they brought it back for good. And they kind of rightfully, from a storytelling perspective, kind of ended it with this dance. Mm, you know what? That's right. I know it's been a little bit since I've watched Gaim, but I do remember that episode and how it kind of defined the rest of the series afterwards. Yeah, and it also had this cool fight scene, because it was just like the dance, and then in front of them was Gaim, Bravo... Uh, Baron and an Invis. And it was also the debut of Knuckle. Oh, right. Yes. Yep. It was just a packed scene, and it was so fun. Yeah. Gaim has a lot of good moments like That's that. the same scene where Michi's like, I'll betray anybody, right? God, Michi. <laughs> it's just crowd cheering in slow motion as Michi has this dark monologue. Yes. Yeah. Michi okay, has a lot of Okay, just making sure that was that scene. Oh, I mean, boy. I'm not going to say Gaim is perfect, but it's still my top favorite show. It is a great season. I, yeah, I think a lot of people agree with you on that. I remember when it uh, finally ended airing, and everyone's like, this is the best. This is such a good season. So I think that, that train of thought has stayed yeah. with a lot of people. Dustin said, he, he Dustin mentioned to me, he's like, okay, not all of their seasons are going to be this good. He said, you, got really, <laughs> you lucked out with your first season. And then Drive happened, and Drive was also great. I was going to say, a uh, friend of mine at the time who was watching Gaim was just like, I'm worried about how I'm going to feel about the next show. <laughs> I think everyone yeah, that, was. That happens with very like certain shows. Like That happened with Double. Everybody was worried about those after Double ended because everybody mm-hmm. loved Double so much. Same thing would happen between Gaim and Drive. And I think that may happen with uh, Build and Geo. Yeah. yeah. I definitely I have I've that feeling. Mm-hmm. I can totally agree with you. Yeah. Okay, Gladys, what is your favorite moment from Tokusatsu? Oh boy. <laughs> I know, it's a tough question. It's kind of sad, but right down my head, instead of popping an emotional scene, it just all pops up like funny scenes from some Kamen Rider shows. That works. Yeah, that's cool. What is the big Shindan Kuroto face? Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Daikuroso just immediately popped in my mind with all those like jumping off, jumping off from the continue pipe, overworking so hard that you actually like lost a life. Oh man, that's my favorite episode. It's so funny. You know, I when I when I see this moment, I'm like, that's college life in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the pain. Where, where's the lie? I know, right? <laughs> it's so true. I think I, I love the way whenever he jumps out of the pipe, the actor just goes, oh! just like a high pitched yeah. woo. He does. I just like to, I think my friend and I like to call him the meme lord. Yep. He always makes those crazy meme faces, you know? Yep. And yep. I, like how, I like how he did that afterwards because he can like go over the top, go crazy. He can like, he can like exaggerate the way how he speak over the top. So I like, I like this whole moment, you know? Like yeah. when he comes out, I cannot stop laughing at it. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think he really stole X Eight from everybody else. He was oh my, he god. was the highlight. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. I love our god, our Kami-sama. 
It was like for a second there, the the top spot was surprisingly surprisingly going to be taken by Kiria, and then Kuroto Dan was like, "Hold my beer." <laughs> <laughs> Hold true. my gashat. I'm Hold my gashat. Yeah. <laughs> no, here's the funny thing. It's like even when he was like before he becomes Shindan Kuroto, I already like his dangerous zombie design. I'm like. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Dang it, he's a bad guy. And after he becomes Shindan Kuroto, I'm like, oh god, I like this. Yes! <laughs> See, I felt the same way. I actually really did like him for most of the show. And that, then when he came back as Shindan, a lot of people like really, really liked him. And I'm here like, well, I've liked him since the beginning. Hipster glasses. <laughs> I know, I gotta put on my hipster glasses. I love my boy. <laughs> Funny thing is, when I when I auditioned for like cosplay chat show, I actually put Dan Kuroto on my on my list, and I actually <laughs> tried so hard. I tried so hard to explain to the director is like, this is Dan Kuroto. He he claimed himself as God, and he got a continue pipe with ninety nine lives. <laughs> <laughs> Want to consider me being that character? Like that, you know? Oh my god, that would have been so funny to see at like the cosplay chess shows that happen out here. Oh man, because I love Kuroto. Every time I see like a cosplayer who does Kuroto and they do like all the dangerous zombie stuff, it always makes me smile. I think it really says something when, uh, without giving too much spoilers, uh, when he left the show, I was saying... No, there's no reason for him to come back. He's had his story. There's no reason to bring him back. And then when he came back and he had those first couple episodes, I was just like, I'm glad he's here. Yeah, I think a lot of people felt that way because we didn't really expect him to come back after how everything ended. But I'm really, really glad he did. Let me tell you. It's also like a case of, you know, some people complain about this, a villain with a redemption arc. And I thought, that's going to be really hard for them to justify. And they didn't really try. Yeah. He's, he's still kind of crazy. Yeah. They did a pretty good job. They really did. If I had to, so if I had to point out a moment of tokusatsu that stands out as my favorite, I can't remember which episode it was, but the Garo episode where Zero and Garo are fighting on the skyscrapers. They're like Episode six. Sticks. Episode seven. Yes. Or seven. Six. Yeah, you're right. Seven. Yeah. Okay. Seven. So... When they're fighting down the skyscrapers, mind you, I got into Garo at like the same time I was getting into Tokusatsu overall. So I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. This mm-hmm, is like mm-hmm. the best thing in the world. Like, I I was just blown away, not only because of like the CG, but just like how even at the time, if the CG wasn't that great, I still was like, this is awesome. Like this entire show is awesome, but culminating to this one fight scene between the two of them, oh my god. I just I just have such fond memories of watching that episode with like my jaw dropped, you know. It you know was funny? so good. For a while people would say would debate whether how much CG was used in that fight. Especially when they're like flying down the skyscrapers or whatever. And I think Mark Musashi did an interview and he was he was one of the suit actors. Right. And he said that, yeah, I kept reading online that people just said, oh, this, the CG is garbage. Like, it doesn't even look good or something like that. And he's like, dude, we were actually in those suits hanging off of wires, like, fighting. <laughs> oh we, almost, we almost killed ourselves for those shots. 
Okay. Wow. I did not know that. But I know a lot of people said the CG was bad, but when I watched it at the time, I was like, this is the peak of amazingness. (laughs) I I had the same sentiment. Like, I think it was Christmas of 2008, I think it was, when I got into Garo, because I think that was around the time, the the last special for the time, I think it was like uh, Beast of the Midnight Sun came out, and... Mm. I didn't. I didn't know that was later on in the show. I'm like, I, I watched about 20 minutes of it, and then I was like, "Wow, this is really cool." But I don't think this is the beginning. Let me go all the way back. And then when I went back and I watched through it, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is everything I ever wanted." <laughs> and like the suits, the fights, it just it was everything dialed up to 11. And that was, I think, the first one that I straight up marathoned. Like yeah. I couldn't get enough of it. Yep, I did the same thing with the first and the second season. I made sure to marathon it. That was the only time I've really ever done like two seasons right back, you know, back to back in a row. Yeah, yeah. I just got hooked from that skyscraper scene and just kept going with Garo. That was kind of my defining moment where I was like, wow, Tokusatsu is awesome. (laughs) Oh man, you were lucky you got to marathon both of them. I had to wait for like forever for that show to come back. Oh, oh no, that God. that was all, like, at the time, you know, it was Beast of the Midnight Sun, and then we had to wait, like, two, two and a half years until we got Red Red Requiem. Oh, and yeah. I was like, oh, my God, yeah, the yeah. drought is over. Oh, yeah. man. Well, we're sure not getting anything after this. And then they announced season two, season two. And then the <laughs> spinoff. And then the anime. And now we're getting one all the time. And it's like, it's a good time to be a fan. Yeah. It really is. And if if anybody listening hasn't watched Garo, they really, really need to. Please. Get with it. Act like Please. you want it. <laughs> and it's on it's on Blu-ray now. Yes. Yeah, yes. so you can get... I think they're up to season two. Uh, season two is on uh, Blu-ray now. Yes. Yeah. I don't think they've done three yet. But who knows? They might. Uh, You mind if I jump in with a... Yeah, I was moments? just about to ask if you could. Ooh, cool. Um, I'd say one of my favorite moments uh, was in Kamen Rider Fies because I mean if you see my screen names you know that <laughs> Tak- uh, Takumi is probably my favorite character uh, I've been thinking about it while everybody's talking I'm like there's gotta be somebody else like that was like one of the first Kamen Rider that I watched I can't it can't be the peak of it it has to be a better character and I, I like a lot of other characters like I like Sento a whole lot but yeah there, there was something about Takumi being the reluctant hero, that was really appealing to me. And the fact that he had this notion that he didn't really have a sense of justice for him. Well, he did, but he was more about justice for others. Like, there was, I know there's a famous scene, I think it was episode five, I think. Thereabouts. I uh, think I know what scene it is. Yeah, where he, the, he's fighting. I don't have a dream yeah. speech. Yeah, yeah he's, he basically uh, says that uh, I don't have a dream of my own but I can protect the dreams of others. So like that kind of notion, like this, even though like he's like, I'd say about 80% of the time, he's a douchebag in the, in the, in the season. (laughs) Rightfully so, I think. But yeah, but he's like, he has this really like this strong sense of like protecting people around him that I really found appealing. And I mean, there's another scene like later on the show that it's actually kind of a spoiler. If people haven't seen it, I'd say go watch it, but there's another scene where he kind of has that notion again, and it's like it's, it's something that really resonates with me. Just it's not like the typical hero. He's he kind of doesn't want to be a hero, but he also cares about the people around him so much that he will protect them before protecting himself. Yeah, so, uh, 
I, I was I was actually debating whether I should say build because it's the most recent show. It might seem a little bit biased, but yeah. I was actually considering Fives. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. If it, yeah. if it makes you feel any better, uh, well, Fives is one of probably my favorite uh, pre-decade uh, Heisei show. But I just mm-hmm. recently uh, acquired a kitten from my job, and his name is Takumi. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my That's god! Awesome. And he, Can you post a picture, please? I want to see this. I will. I will pull up a picture. I have to go do some clickies on my Facebook, but I will absolutely post a picture in the <laughs> chat for you all, and you can put it somewhere to show everybody. But he was uh, the story behind him. Just I'll say it real quick: was that he came in to my work. I work for an emergency animal hospital, and he got left alone with a toddler who didn't know how to handle animals, so he was uh, in very bad condition. But we were able to save him, and he is now about six months old, uh, and he is very much a douchebag right now. And we think it was a, <laughs> the name was a perfect fit. But um, but yeah, everyone that we Dustin when he tells everybody over in Japan, he says that his cat's name is Takumi. They all start laughing really hard because they're like, "Oh my god, that's perfect." Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah, you have to share a picture. Maybe that'll be our thumbnail. That would be cute. Yeah, I was also just going to say, um, the reason I was going to say Fize was about the same reason as you. Uh, but also, Fize as a show is probably my least favorite writer show, just because it does a lot of things story-wise that doesn't really work for me. But mm. Takumi was like the best written character to me. I always described it as, it's a show about a guy who has to deal with everyone's drama. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's pretty much on the that's, money. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. God. The picture is posted in the chat, everybody. I'm squealing on the inside. My cat <laughs> Ikari, my cat Ikari, which is named after Guy Ikari from Go Kaiger, is like the same tiger mix. So we got some Toku cats up in here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he I, I do like that he is. I guess as soon as the show starts, he basically gets thrown into everybody else's problems and he just wants to be left alone he just wants to eat drink his soup just wants to chill but he just gets roped in and he he tries to leave a bunch of times but you know he he needs to protect these people and i just i i like that sense of even though it's reluctant justice it's still justice in some way and he also has problems of his own that he didn't want to put on everybody else I think that there's there's a strong similarity between both him and Sento as they're kind of both, when you see the whole story together, they're both reluctant heroes that become sacrificial heroes. Yeah, that's true. I'm very interested to see, because we have the confirmation that both Takumi and um, Kaiser are both going to be in Zio, so I'm very excited. Uh, Kusaka, see. yeah. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say yeah, uh, right. I was I was way into what they did with him in Showa versus Heisei, so now I'm interested yes. in what they do here. That was awesome. What oh, they that was did. the best storyline. Yes, like him and X, that was great. That was great. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing not only them, but if other writers do come back, other actors come back, how they're gonna integrate those roles, and maybe we'll have even more favorite moments from our favorite type of characters. So. Another brain-busting question that'll make you think. <laughs> I'm very good at these. Um, is I've there got an answer. A... <laughs> I hope you guys got an answer. Is oh, there a motif or a theme that you would like to see in a future tokusatsu show? Oh, my God. Does that have to be new? I'm, I'm ready. 
It doesn't have to be new. It could be like a rehashing of another theme, maybe just redone a little bit differently. But uh, since you're ready, Josh, what would you like to see? I've been saying this for probably the better part of a decade now because of uh, stuff that I had read before. For those of you that don't know, uh, when Hibiki was first being conceptualized, they initially weren't going to make him part of the Common Rider line. He was just going to be another spin-off hero based off ninjas and things like that. And so I think there was some aspects of that that they kept, but there's others that they didn't quite get across. And then you go from that into the way they kind of reworked things in uh, Kamen Rider the First. I really liked what they did with the Shocker soldiers there. You know, instead of making them rubber suits, they were guys in all leather, but they've got the masks. So kind of a thing that I was I was going into, you know, over the years, Kamen Rider has this thing of the hero's power is always taken from the bad guy. The bad guy and the hero kind of share the same power. So one of the things that I was thinking about is that there's the traditional heroes usually that a rider will always fight. They usually fight some kind of snake monster, a bat monster, and a spider monster. So what I was thinking of combining all those things together is if you get kind of a James Bond, like espionage, Mission Impossible spy theme, but you give them the motif of one of those monsters. So we've had in the Showa era, we had Sky Rider. I'm saying we need Spy Rider, and he's got a huh. spider motif. Ooh, oh, dear God. I love that idea. Mr. John Toei, where is your notebook? You should be John writing Toei. this down. <laughs> yeah, you, John Toei, Tim Bondi, and your secretary, Takeru Johnson. <laughs> I like how well thought out that was. <laughs> I've, had a, yeah. I've had a lot of time to think about this. Oh, God. Oh, but that is a great idea, seriously. I would love to see, like, kind of a spy, or at least, like, James Bondy type of motif. That would be really <laughs> interesting. The way I see it is kind of like what they were trying to do with Go Busters, but if they really leaned into the spy theme. Nice. Mm, good point. Good point. Yeah, I, I, they did have some sorts of elements like that in Go Busters, but uh, you're right that they didn't explore it enough. Does he have to get bit by a radioactive spider? Uh, not, <laughs> not necessarily. I mean, I don't know if Marvel's still cool with him like they may have once been, but I'm I'm just saying, you know, John Toy, if you're listening, holla at your boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we have all the great ideas here. (laughs) Katie, is there anything you would like to see in a future Toku show? Actually, yes. There is something that does come to mind. Uh, I know that we had Gaim. uh, Gosh, it's going to be about five years uh, coming up. Uh, But I would love to see uh, another food-oriented writer. Um, I know they really focus really heavily on, like, fruits and nuts and, you know, they had like the samurai theme on top of that for Gaim, but I'd really like to mm-hmm. see them more focus on like the food aspect, like when with Bravo, where he was a, uh, you know, he was you know a pastry chef at the same time. You know, I like to see that kind of integrated, where whether it be like pastries or if it's you know a different kind of food, like be it sweets or savory, like a takoyaki rider or something like that. <laughs> I would love to see something, you know, that because, you know, Japan has a lot of, you know, very interesting foods, you know, that we don't have, you know, over in the West. So I would love to see how they could, you know, incorporate that into, you know, rider style and, you know, what the gimmick would be, you know, what the item, the bell, you know, all of that, you know, what they fight with the spatula, you know, I would, there's so many endless possibilities, I think, as they... Went. They made fruit work, so I think they could make that work. I mean, <laughs> yes, there was like. there was like this rumored uh, 
design that was going around for a little bit for a sushi writer, and it actually looked really cool. Oh, I think I remember oh seeing that. It did look really cool. For what it's worth, I had this uh, this conversation with my brother maybe a couple of months ago. He he did watch a little bit of Common Rider with me, but only up to a certain point, and he hadn't watched past, uh, I think, uh, Deno was the last one he watched. And every so often he'll ask me, you know, okay, so what's what's the motif now? And it's like, dude, they've done just about everything. So he went back and forth with me for about a good ten minutes solid of guessing, oh, well, what if you had a writer that was based off this? And it's like, dude, they already did that. So it was like, okay, well, what if they were fruit? They already did that. What if they were, like, Hot Wheels? They already did that. What if they were video games? They already did that. I'm like, are you serious? And after ten minutes, the thing that he came up with, it's tying into what you said, is, okay, um, what if the belt is just an oven on your belt? Like an easy-bake oven. I'm like, they have not done that yet. Oh, my God. So you may have a point there. That's what about rabbits? Genius. Build. Tanks? Build. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Still build. Then you have ten riders and they're all fighting with food. It's just food wars. Oh, oh my god. Oh. <laughs> See, fighting foodons. The, the oh possibilities god, you... are endless. The possibilities. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm cutting the cord on this one. <laughs> Delete your End account. of podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm glad. Tokusatsu is over. It's canceled. <laughs> wow. It was a great run, everybody. <laughs> I blame our team member, Robin Kane. He does all the crazy puns. I've been influenced by him. Uh. <laughs> okay. Mal, is there a future motif or theme you'd like to see in any Tokusatsu show? When I saw Kiva, I, I really wanted a writer who was an artist because they kind of tackled art in that show. They, they had someone who was a musician, a mm. musician. And uh, I was waiting for one, and eventually I just made my own. <laughs> there you go, see? <laughs> you just got to make your I'll own. I'll do it myself. But actually, Josh kind of reminded me, there was one point where I kind of gave up on waiting for Toei to make it an artist, so I just decided, I want to see a ninja writer. And uh, that still hasn't happened, but Nin Ninja is basically what I would have wanted. And because of how Sentai works, it's basically a hero and his supporting cast. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. It's basically a writer show. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot, then. That's it. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not with Ninja. Ninja. <laughs> okay. Gladys, is there any future motif or theme you'd like to see in Toku? Okay, this is more like my personal thing, but like, I'm kind of curious and I kind of want to see more female common writers, to be honest. Yes. I am clapping right now. Reach it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I feel like, okay, there's a lot of guy common writer. I think it's cool, but but and also I know like throughout different common writer series there are some girl common writer but they don't have that many opportunity to display their their ability so I'm like can we have more of them cuz I mean girls can girls can be cool too come on so so can we have some of those kick ass girls mhm amen to that you hear that John Toy John Toy <laughs> That's what we want. That's what we want. Make it happen, John Toey. <laughs> Tim Bondi, come on, they're going to sell. Yeah. It's true. There is a rather large female fan base. You got to you got to make it work, you know. Yeah, listen, if I went to Kyle Rider Diner and I saw 
I saw like another fan girl right there, like also so over the top with that. Come on, come oh on, just make this happen. It's true, cause I, I went to the the Kamen Rider X Aid stage show, and I swear to God, ninety nine point nine percent of the audience, the audience was women, just like everybody, but like my friends that were guys and like a few other, but all of them were women. And I get it, you know, this is a time to see the actors, which does attract a lot of women, but still, their love for X-Aid in particular was intense. Like, I, I was put to shame. I think all of us would have been put to shame if you guys were there too. So it's 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 a thing, it's a thing to be uh, said that we need more female writers. And we need more female characters in general in certain shows. Like yeah. Garo. Really I re- we really need more Garo characters that are women and just like Makai knights that can be women. I could go on a rant about that, but I won't. <laughs> or hey, let's have a, a Sentai team with three women and two guys. <gasps> now that would be amazing. A, you See, know, I had, I had always up. hoped if they had continued with another season of Akiba Ranger that that's what they would have done. Yeah. Ooh, I had hoped that that would have been where it would have would have at least started that you could have had only two guys and three girls. Yeah, I would have liked that with Akiba Ranger. And just yeah. in general, I'd like to see a female Red that like actually starts the show as Red, not like comes into the show and becomes Red. That would be really nice. Oh John Toei. Yeah. Please, John Toei, listen <laughs> to us. <laughs> and then Jake Hasbro can bring it over as Power Rider. Yeah! <laughs> Power Rider. Oh my god. Powerful writer. Powerful, Powerful writer. writer. Powerful you. writer. There you go. <laughs> that would be something, all right. Oof. Yeah. Yes. Do you have a motif? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so I love martial arts movies, and every time Sentai's done a season of martial arts themed, I've played. I it's been one of my favorites. So like, Die Ranger. Uh, up until recently, was my favorite Sentai, and I love. I love the hell out of Geki Ranger. Haven't seen much of Mask Man, but I know that has uh, martial arts elements to it. But I know it's more about aura and key and stuff like that. But still cool. Um, but yeah, I would love to see it. But like not, I just Sentai. Like I would love to see a martial arts themed rider or a martial arts themed Ultraman. Like something like that would be that would be really cool. I think it would be interesting to see how they do that with Ultraman. Because we I, had I it feel with, like that would make sense. Well, we had that with Leo, right? Where Leo yes. was kind of martial arts based, and I mean that kind of carries over to Zero, but not really. So I, I it just I think it'd just be cool to have like a full on martial arts themed Ultraman or a martial arts themed Common uh, Rider. I don't know how that would work, but I, I like the could. idea of it because we kind of, kind of got that with Meteor in Forza. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah, get like, but yeah. not exactly. Yeah, it was more it's like not a caricature. Exactly. It was like yeah, a caricature. Yeah. But I, I would just like it to be like different styles, like you know, karate, karate, or you know, taekwondo, wushu, kung fu, like that yeah. kind of. Like it would been, it'd be cool to have like a, a drunken master common writer. Oh, oh my god! Don't. Don't play with my heart like that. <laughs> my emotions. Seriously. Come on, like we got we got like disco ball Bruce like disco ball Bruce Lee and common rider force. <laughs> oh my then god. We need, then we need more martial arts art themed common rider, okay? I'm a big Bruce Lee fan. Like I did one of my 
uh, last papers in college on his life. So when I heard that they were going to have him as a motif in Common Rider, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. He's probably going to be my favorite character. And it's like, what is this joke? Oh, I know. I need to see. He did his Can best. Can you send me that paper? That was <laughs> it, it, wasn't paper. His, there you go. it wasn't his fault. No. Nah, it wasn't his fault. <laughs> but no, uh, but no I, I, I would just love to see something. Because like, it's been 10 years since uh, Gekki Ranger. So it'd be cool to have that come back in Sentai or anywhere else. I totally agree. I love the idea of it for Ultraman, though, because we did get glimpses of it with Leo, but I feel like each motif for Ultraman is really unique, but they've never touched on like a martial arts Ultraman. That would look so cool in the suits, though. I feel like up until recently, well, I, I don't know too much about Ultraman. Like, I, I've watched some, but I don't. My knowledge is not that in depth, but it doesn't seem like Ultraman really has themes or motifs too much. Not until recently, anyway. Oh, it feels like, true. especially like the older ones, they did. They just felt like, I mean, they're all Ultraman, but it wasn't like, like a fire themed Ultraman, or you know, mm-hmm. that's why that's why uh, Rube is kind of weird, where it's like they associate elements with different Ultras, but they didn't really have anything to do with the, ultra, the original Ultras that they're basing it off of. Uh, like, yeah, that's a good point. Like for some reason, Tiga is like associated with wind, and I don't know if he had. I don't think he had anything to do with wind, did he? So yeah, I uh, I remember so. asking about that before, and I think George said that there's a couple of examples, but not much. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, if if Ultra wanted to go that route, it'd be cool to see that. Oh, yeah, and I think it'd be pretty successful too. I mean, they're already doing great, so. Well, I think if. Especially after the season that we're getting right now with Rube, like, one thing that I really appreciate about Rube, and mind you, I, I admit right now that I haven't caught up on Orb or Jeed yet, and I'm meaning to do that, but from what I've seen in Rube so far, I just really love the physical comedy that they're doing with the fights there uh, each episode, you know, uh, kind of slapstick, but it, it somehow works for them. But if they were to follow that up with something like you're saying, like something that's really like, if we had an Ultraman that didn't just stick to wrestling moves, but actually was, like, really adept at fighting styles, I yeah. would be there for that. And that was the one thing that I... There's very few things I liked about Jeet, but that was one thing that I liked about Jeet, was that... Uh, it's, was it Jeet or was it Orb? It was one of the two. That different Ultra Rider... Like, Ultra powers that he possessed gave him different fighting styles a little bit. So I kind of got that, but... It would be cool to just, you know, have that be the, the main focus. Yeah, I like the idea of that being a little bit more fleshed out. Yeah. That would be really great for Ultraman. It would be something new, so nothing wrong Stop with that. Stop going back to past Ultras, man. Let's move forward. Okay, <laughs> as somebody who really likes those, I would have to disagree. <laughs> but that's for another podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you could just listen to our Jeed podcast and watch me start staunchly defend Jeed while the rest of these <laughs> haters... I'm not I'm not hating. <laughs> that was directed towards me. That was that was all Yaz and George, oh. let me tell you. You guys gotta listen to it. It's pretty funny. We have fun here. We do. We love each other. Even if some opinions are wrong. Hey man, you're Ooh. you're welcome you're encouraged to be wrong whenever you want to be. Oh. <laughs> I'm staying out of this. <laughs> love you, Yaz. I keep Love and peace, love and peace. Yes, love, love, and, love peace. and peace. <laughs> okay, so for the final question, everybody, 
what would you say to somebody jumping into the you know tokusatsu in general for the first time like what kind of show would you recommend them how would you know how would you recommend they get involved with the community what kind of things would you tell them to you know be as big of a fan of tokusatsu as you are so josh any thoughts First and foremost, the thing I always ask for somebody if they're wanting to get into Tokusatsu is first and foremost, what do you already like? Because if there's something you like, there's probably a Tokusatsu that already is suited towards your tastes. Uh, If you want more comedy, there's something for that. If you want more drama, there's something for that. If you like action, if you like horror, there are things specifically suited for that. It's just the same way that you would get anybody into anime or something of that nature. Like, my favorite might not be somebody else's favorite. I had to find that out the hard way, uh, recommending certain series to some people. And it's like, oh, what are you talking about? This is awful. And it's like, okay, maybe that, that wasn't your thing. Uh, but definitely, if you're wanting to get into it, understand that when you start doing all of the research, that's showing, okay, you, you want to get into it, then I encourage you, read up as much as you can, talk to people, uh, find the communities where you can get the information, and just, uh, you know, have an open mind about it. Always be looking for uh, the different things that you can be doing. If you want to create fan art, that's fine. If you want to start cosplaying, that's fine. If you want to start collecting, that's fine. Uh, Just feel free to go ahead and ask and find out about it because there's plenty of people out there who want to share this information and have more people to talk about with it. Oh, I totally agree with that. That's the great thing about Tokusatsu is the community, too. We're, We're... I feel like we can be open to new people who want to get into all the certain subsections, so never be afraid to ask for help. I think we just get excited that we're like, oh my god, another person that likes tokusatsu. Yeah, that's very (laughs) true. We are a smaller fandom, so that definitely happens. I know I'm the exact same way, so. Katie, do you have any words? I, I definitely agree with Josh in the sense that, you know, it really is going to depend on the person for a lot of, you know, I have a lot of uh, friends that are a lot more anime oriented and this was even used on me when I was, you know, first getting told about Tokusatsu. Um, with Kamen Rider Gaim, it was uh, a selling point for people to say, oh, well, you've seen, you know, Madoka Magica, you know, that was a really popular mm-hmm, anime, mm-hmm. you know, back, you know, several years ago. And the person who wrote uh, Madoka Magica, Gena Robochi, is who wrote Gaim. So a lot of people would be like, hey, remember how you cried your eyes out watching that show? Well, here's 40-some episodes of it. Um, <laughs> and it's live action, and it's fruit, and it's weird, but, you know, just... So, I mean, I I do think that, you know, Gaim is one of the ones that, you know, if you're willing to jump in on, you know, something of, that could be, you know, familiar, you know, that, it, you know, a lot of people who have watched both Gaim and uh, Madoka will attest to that it can be very similar in how it's, you know, kind of mapped out. But, you know, I also would recommend uh, Double, because Double is also one of those shows where, you know, it does kind of, it still has the anime-esque style to it in form of storytelling, but it's got the two the two episode arcs, and it's, you know, you, you've got very likable characters from the get-go, where if, you know, you don't like Shotaro, you know, maybe you like Philip. But, you know, so I, I've met people that get, you know, they're very intimidated by, you know, the 40 plus episodes, you know, they're so used to, you know, digesting series in like 12 to 20 episode chunks. So in that case, I would put decade on them because decade is, you know, 30 some episodes. And honestly, if you can get through decade, you can get through anything. 
because decade <laughs> is a chug and it's a confusing chug if you're not you know familiar with you know what you're watching but i mean there's i i have to say that there's really no wrong answer about where to start you you find which one that you think you would like the most be it the way the suit looks or you think the main actor is cute or you know you find your reason to jump onto a, a show and you're not going to find a tokusatsu fan that doesn't say go for it yeah that's a really really great point just especially about there's always a show for somebody whether it's like the motif they like or whatever but i totally agree that tokusatsu can be intimidating not just because of the the lengthy episodes but it just it feels like there's a lot of history when it comes to tokusatsu you know rider has been going on for so long sentai has been going on for so long ultraman has been going on for so long you know it's hard to think not only where to start but how am i ever going to get through everything if i want to be you know like the uber fan that some people want to be so but it's kind of like the same argument that you use with somebody who says that, like, I don't know if I can catch up with all of that. It's like, the two things I'll bring up. One, do you try to keep up with One Piece? Two, do you try to keep up with Doctor Who? It's the same <laughs> thing. You just kind of got to jump in there. Yeah, you know what? That's a really good point. Because there, there's the equivalent in that in lots of different media. You know, Doctor Who and One Piece, like you said. It's kind of, you know, if you want to go back and watch everything go for it. Do it at your own pace. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Go for it. But you don't necessarily have to do it at the same time. You can you can enjoy the modern stuff without needing to really know the older stuff. If you don't want to go back, that's fine. Nobody's going to think less of you as a fan. So. And if they do, they're jerks. Yes. Yeah. If they do, they're jerks. I totally agree. And there's no pressure of watching in order to. Like, I've jumped around and gone Fies, then Ryuki, then watched this and that. So there's, you know, you don't have to go, okay, Kuga, Agito, Ryuki, Fies. You don't really have to do that. Yeah, that's what's nice, because Sentai is the same way. Like, nothing is really that chronological, so I don't know. I, I agree. I think it's really nice that all of us can, you know, watch where we want to watch and watch what shows we want to watch and enjoy them either way. Mal, do you have anything you'd like to say? Well, first off, going off the bat, um, I was also going to say I have a friend who doesn't really follow this stuff, but he has watched Double with me, and he has watched Gaim with me, and both those shows were really great experiences. So it's like, you don't even have to watch all these shows. You can just watch one and be done with it. That's also you know, true. That's a good point. That's a very good yeah. point. And it's another thing, it doesn't make you less of a fan. You're still a fan of those shows if you like that. If you like them, that's what matters. Yeah. Um, when it comes to things I would recommend, uh, these are things that I would just recommend in life, which is uh, just never judge a series by its fandom. Mm. Yes. That, yes. Yeah, that's every, what he said. Like, these days, it seems like uh, a lot of different fandoms are kind of being put in the spotlight because of one controversy or something, and it's like, that's in every single fandom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, none is worse than the other. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, we may have our controversies in the Toku fandom over the years, but it doesn't mean these shows aren't great. Yeah, so. it's just that the bad parts of the fandom happen to be the most easy to spot. Yeah, that happens in every fandom, too. 
But yeah, I would I mean, also say when it when it comes to the shows, I would say take opinions with a grain of salt unless you trust them. Like I was saying before, I learned about it from Vangelis. I had been following his reviews for a long time, so I kind of trusted his opinion. Mm, that's a really good point because everybody has different opinions. We all have different tastes. You know, maybe yeah. if there's somebody you trust, you can listen to their opinion and jump into a show. But honestly, it's almost better if you can just have a blank slate going into yeah. Tokusatsu and just picking what looks great to you. That, that's also going to be a similar thing I was going to bring up. But first, I'm going to say uh, I, I learned this lesson when I was watching Tokuger and Ninja, where I started watching it knowing that there was a lot of outrage about both shows. But when I got about halfway into the show, I realized, wait, where's all the stuff that people were mad about? Mm, like I, I ended up, I ended up enjoying those two shows really, despite the fact that so many people seem to hate them. See, that's that's something that's really important too. Is I know everybody kind of has their opinion on shows they don't like for whatever reason, but you know, just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, you know, maybe other people like it too. So I wouldn't, as somebody jumping in for the first time or kind of a newer fan. Don't be discouraged if, you know, you've heard a show is bad. I know things, you know, it rotates between shows every year on what people think is bad and what's good. Yeah. But just jump in, try to have a blank slate, and if you like it, you like it. If you don't, watch another show. And kind of uh, conversely on that, I think another thing that I, I realize does come up, I, and I know it was like this with certain animes, is that people wouldn't stop recommending them to me like... You know, older stuff like, oh my god, Gurren Lagann, you gotta watch Gurren Lagann, you gotta watch Oran High School Host Club. And so many <laughs> people came at me with that, it actually turned me off to it for a while. Mm -hmm. And if that, be careful of that too. If, if too many people are kind of burning you out with their recommendations, you don't have to watch right away. You can come back to it. It's fine. It's gonna be there. Yeah. I think uh, talking about, you know, the bad opinions that people can form on some shows, I think those opinions can also be formed with the thought in mind that these people are having to wait a week to watch the next oh, episode. Yeah. And if you're watching it, like as it's airing, you can have an entirely different mindset than if you're binging it. Like you can go right to the next episode. Like I've heard people say that, Oh gosh, Kiva was such a drag because you know, it was so slow and this, that and the other, but that's because, you know, they had to wait a week to see what happens next. Whereas if you, you know, if you sit down and you just watch it back to back, then, you know, you don't get that same frustration. So. Oh, that's a really good point. Because some shows are really great when you wait week to week. Like, I feel Build has been really good at that. Yeah. Like, as it's airing, like, waiting week to week to see what happens. We've had great cliffhangers. But it's a different viewing experience when you can watch a show right, you know, one episode right after another. So try to, I would try to balance that. Like, if you want to watch the newer stuff that's airing week to week, go for it. But do know that you might have a really enjoyable experience on some stuff that people didn't like while it was airing. So That's also like, uh, when it comes to reviews or even just telling people about stuff, I try my best not to just outright say, no, I recommend you don't check this out. I, I always say, this might have not worked for me, but maybe it'll work for you. Hmm. Like that's, that's a good point. That, that's kind of how I felt about Ghost in the end, where I was like, this show had some really cool stuff going on, but it also had a lot of major flaws, but I would say just give it a shot. Yeah, that's, a, that's really great. That's what this 
community is all about. One last thing I was just going to say real mm-hmm. quick. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like you shouldn't just jump on the biggest, uh, most well-loved toku first. Like, get some sort of middle ground, like Kabuto. Oh, that's a really good point. <laughs> Set your expectations. <laughs> yeah, see, if you watch a show that's, like, renowned for being really good in the fandom, you might be kind of disappointed by other shows. Though like they're double. still good, but they're not, like, at the same level. So, all right, Gladys. Your mileage may vary. What would you recommend for somebody watching Toku for the first time? Whether that's an episode recommendation, how to get into the fandom, or even, like, what would you say to yourself getting into the the whole grand tokusatsu for the first time? I'll say first is, like, you definitely need to know your your own preference, you know? Like, like, like I do agree with what... What Ari said earlier is like, yeah, sometimes something, sometimes some show that that people like, you might not like it, or something that people hate, you might actually like it in return. So, first, definitely know the preference, and I hate to say it, but I learned it in my own experience. Know the age group. Oh. Like, here's the thing: I got into Tokusatsu like really easily because as a kid, I watched, I like, I even watched like, kind of like what what my parents call boy stuff okay so <laughs> i so i really watched this very easily but but one time i actually like show it to my nep- my 10 year old nephew so that's a little bit challenging actually oh that's a good point because he has never interacted with any tokusatsu stuff so i actually show him tokyuter Ranger, and i think Kamen Rider drive Ooh, because i know he likes cars or something fun so surprisingly, he likes Q Ranger the most. Oh, that is a fun season. Only after the first half is so he immediately go, You're so lucky. He just yelled, You're so lucky so many times in front of me. <laughs> oh my god. For, for a think... second there, I thought you were confusing Forze and Tokyo, so I thought you were about to say Choo Choo nope. Kita. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. Well, and also he, but he just told me he doesn't like Tokyuger, which sadly is my favorite, one of my favorite. But he doesn't like Tokyuger because he told me that the bad guys there is too scary for him. Oh, <laughs> I can understand that. They're kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's how I learned it hard way. Is like you need to know the preference, the age group, and you definitely need to like, like you know, like just show them like a first episode or just some clips before encouraging them to like go more in-depth into it like giving it a little test drive try on and then and then you're like you like it go for it i'm not stopping you see that's a great point just in general is i think everybody needs to remember that these shows are for kids or at least most of the hero shows are technically for kids so i know us as adults getting into toku it might be a little difficult or it might be like oh my god this is amazing you know, it's going to be kind of back and forth depending on the season. So if you keep in mind that a lot of these shows are geared towards kids very much younger than us, then I think it'll at least level your expectations. But that's really cute that your nephew liked Q-Ranger. Oh my <laughs> god. I can just imagine just the little kid going, Yo, Shalaki! <laughs> I think it's also very easy for him because let's say he he also like he actually learning how to do martial arts right now so that's 
that's that's even easier for him to get into these. Oh, see, that's great because like all the cool fighting scenes, I would think a kid doing martial arts would love to see that in particular. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! See, that's what these shows are all about. It's just like getting kids really excited. But I do love that a lot of these shows have some underlying like themes that you know adults can understand too and we enjoy. So. Yeah, like some of them, they have like really good message behind, or like some something like really deep. So like some some kids will like also like put thoughts into it, like think about it, and then if they don't know, they can ask the parents. So this is what I really like about Tokusatsu shows a lot. Also, yeah, I I think we can all agree to that. Yeah, that that's kind of what makes Tokusatsu really unique in that regard. So. Well, I'm out of the brain-busting questions for you all, <laughs> so now you can breathe a, a relief. You know, have a sigh of relief. Oh darn! <laughs> can I put in one thing for the last uh, question? Just sure. real quick. Uh, I would also suggest like, don't be afraid to branch out, because I know a lot of people get through get into Tokusatsu through Sentai Kamen Rider, but I'd say also branch out to like Ultraman. Um, Metal Hero, if you see something interesting, uh, Godzilla, all the kaiju movies, you know, if you, see, if you see something, I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff that doesn't get talked about in the fandom, like, not a lot of people talk about Godzilla. There's certain franchises that get more love than others, but I'd say if you see something interesting, dude, go for it. Like, try something yeah. else. Expand your experience to, like, yeah. not, yeah, to different franchises. Open yourself to a new world. Open your yeah, eyes yeah. for the next prize. <laughs> there we go. Shining, Perfect. shimmering, splendid. Since I've known you guys, I've actually had the chance to hear about Ultraman. So now I've given, uh, I've only watched a few episodes, admittedly, but I have been watching a little bit of Ultraman Orb. Ooh, cool. see, that's really exciting. That's what's great, is there is kind of like a wide range of different shows. There's more than just the hero shows that we love to talk about. There's, you know, of course, there's the classic Godzilla. I mean, who didn't? watch at least one Godzilla film when they were younger or even I recently. Didn't. <gasps> I didn't. You Actually, didn't? No. Well, as a kid, no. Um, oh. I never found it interesting. So it wasn't until... Actually, uh, George is the one that showed me my first Godzilla movie like way a long time ago. But he showed me a really crappy one. So I stopped. <laughs> I didn't watch it even for like another four years. Good going, some... George. <laughs> yeah, it's all his fault. And then... Um, <laughs> It wasn't until a few years later that I, uh, another group of friend of mine, they actually introduced me to a bunch of different, like Godzilla, Gamera, a bunch of different. So I became a fan through that. But it's it's yeah, it's also it's all about finding the right property or the right uh, movie or show to introduce somebody to. Absolutely. Well, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't grow up with Godzilla because I kind of did, even though I didn't really know what it was. I was like, oh my god, he smashes b- buildings. This is awesome. Oh, I'm totally the odd one out. Like, everybody I know has watched Godzilla movies as a kid. I'm, like, the only one that has. Oh, my God. You sheltered child. Well, at least you've expanded your horizon. <laughs> sheltered. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just picking on you. <laughs> we got lots of love over here in Tokunet. <laughs> Rod or hate, dude. Oh, <laughs> you can't say that. That's not I nice. <laughs> Well, does anybody have any parting thoughts? Anything else you want to tell about yourself or what you like or anything at all? No, I'm good. 
pretty good, I guess. I would just, I would say my door's always open if anybody has any questions. You know, I'm always happy to, you know, if anybody's got any questions on how to get into tokusatsu or, you know, what would be a good way to start or just any kind of toku-related questions. You know, I'm always open to answer for people. I think it's, you know, part of my duty as a toku fan. I totally agree. That goes for me as well. I'm always... I love talking about tokusatsu, so it's just, if you ask me questions, it's just giving me a reason to ramble on. Exactly. So, <laughs> I know, right? It's like, what do we want more than to have reasons to talk about the things that we love? So, I 100% agree. If you're coming into this fandom as a new person, please don't be afraid to reach out to any of us, or really anybody, if you have questions, or want recommendations, or just want somebody to chat with. That's what's great about this fandom in general. I agree. Yeah, we're more than happy to share our knowledge. Uh, some of us will talk here on the website. For any of us that do YouTube, uh, we're more than happy to talk to people and make sure that we have somebody to talk with about this stuff. It's awesome. I know, it really is. You can always join our Discord. Yep, you can always join our Discord. We always have the link rotating up, and uh, I think we have it attached in our Tokenet Community Facebook group and i know i we've had it posted up quite a bit on our other social media so please don't be afraid to join our tokenet community discord where you can chat with all of us and a bunch of other tokusatsu fans i cannot remember what our member count is at right now but it is pretty big so you will not be alone yeah it's a lot right now and it's awesome to talk with so many people so please feel free how many 55, it looks like. Oh, wow. Wait, no. F- that's 55 that's... online. Oh, Ooh. yeah, there's another 130. <laughs> Holy <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's the thing, is we, we have quite a lot of people that rotate in and out of different time zones to chat with us, so it's, it's always very exciting. So you're not alone in this fandom. By the way, can I just uh, add one thing real quick that might date this episode? Yeah, sure. go ahead. Zio has been subbed. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to be watching that as soon as we're done here. I okay. just downloaded it, so I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we need to end the podcast. We all need to watch the first episode of Oh, it's a of picture Zio. of an elephant. Oh, thank you, Overtime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Less. Thank you for listening to the 40th episode of the Tokunet podcast. Thank you to everybody who has listened to all our other 40th episodes as well. We always appreciate everybody that listens to this podcast. If you would like to support Tokenet even more, feel free to check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet so you can get early access to this podcast and a whole bunch of awesome rewards. Again, thank you so much and we'll see you guys next time. Bye! Bye-bye! Bye! Johnny! <laughs> I like that. The Tokenet Podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network, your best resource for official Tokusatsu news and media. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platform, such as iTunes or Stitcher. It helps other Tokusatsu fans find us, and it really does help out the show. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash tokenet where, if you're at the Common Rider level, you can get early access to this episode and our future podcast episodes, plus extra rewards. T 
Team Tokenet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, our website, tokusatsunetwork.com. Thank you.